glad for what faith can do. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. As you're turning there, remember the Pearson family in your prayers there. Uh, their mother went on to be with the Lord. Look, we need to celebrate for her, but let's remember them because they're going to miss her. Romans 12 and 3. We've, this is the third and the last series on faith today. We talked about what's faith got to do with it. Today we're going to talk about what faith can do. And I'd like to subtitle this, Use It or Lose It. Would you say that with me? Use it or lose it. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Would you say that with me? The measure of faith. Let's pray together. Father, we ask you, Lord, to open our ears and our hearts, God, and help us to see, God, what your plan is for our lives. Help us, God, to find the strength to stand and to walk in the faith that you've provided. We give you praise for that. So it talks about that don't get stuck on yourself. Don't start thinking more highly of yourself. I'm not talking you ought not to think less of yourself. I'm just saying you ought to think of yourself less. And so he lays this out, and he says, now look, there has been the measure of faith that's been given to every man. The measure there in Greek means a limited portion. Everyone say a limited portion. How many of you, when you came around the table, got portions given to you? You know, that's why buffets are so popular. Because when you're at a buffet, you get to choose the portion you want. But when you're at a, if you go to a cafeteria or something, they give you a portion. And what I noticed is some places that we went that used to, you know, Debbie and I were talking about this the other day. We went to a place and I said, you know, those portions used to be bigger. They, 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 they've shrunk in size. They're still good, but they're just not as much of them now. And I, I got to thinking about this and the Lord began to show me that there are, everybody was dealt a portion, but everybody's portion isn't necessarily the same. Now, let me talk to you about what I mean by that. If you go to the 25th chapter of Matthew, you find there a parable that Jesus gives about a man getting ready to go on a journey, and he passes out talents to his servants he gives one man five talents, another he gives two talents, and another he gave one talent. And then he left. So he gave them a portion, but it was up to them to decide what they would do with what they had been given. Do you follow me? So immediately, the guy that got five talents, if you read that parable, you understand that nowhere in that parable does 
the man that's leaving on the journey say, now look, I want you to go out there and use that and you make something out of it and you do something with it. He doesn't say that. He just gives it to them and there's an understanding from the servant that he didn't give this to me just to hold on to. He wants me to use it. Everybody say, use it. How many of you, when you turned 16, got your driver's license? How many of you, when you got your driver's license, threw it up on a shelf and said, well, I'll never need this thing? <laughs> Buddy, when I got my driver's license, I was out and about. And to be honest with you, I'm just going to be honest with you, I was driving out there and I had this thought cross my mind. I'm not really sure this is a good idea. <laughs> You know, I mean, I haven't, I, I, it wasn't like I was a seasoned driver and they just turned me loose. And man, I'm driving around and I'm out there thinking, I, I don't know if I ought to be doing this. But then I thought about the guy that was sitting next to me when I took this course or when I took this test was a police officer. Now, either he doesn't like me and he's trying to get rid of me or he's decided that I have what it takes to be able to get behind this wheel. And so the guy that has five talents, he immediately goes out and he begins to use it and he gains five more. The individual that had two talents immediately goes out and begins to use it and he gains two more. And the individual that had one talent buried it, refused to use it, and because he didn't use it, he ends up losing it. Now, I want you to understand something. When the man came back, he gave the guy that had five talents and the guy that had two talents the same reward. Because he gave to them according to their ability. He gave them the same reward. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. The individual that had been given one talent if he had simply used what had been given him, he would have gotten the same reward as the individual that had five talents. Amen. Think about how tithing works. If you make $10,000 a week, your tithe is $1,000. If you make $100 a week, your tithe is $10. And in God's eyes, the individual that's giving $1,000 is giving the same amount as the individuals that's giving $10. As a matter of fact, if the guy gives $11, Jesus will say, that person gave more than all of them. Why? Because they're giving above. They're going beyond. And so what I've determined about faith as I've begun studying this is that God proportions faith to us but it's up to us to use that faith because if we don't use it, we'll end up losing it. And as I begin to examine it, I understood that there are different measures or, or levels, if you will, of faith that God has given to us. But if you're faithful, in each level, reward comes. Amen. 
So today I want to show you four measures of faith, or if you will, four levels of faith, how they operate and the rewards that come with them. If you've got paper, I hope you write this down. This is what Jesus, or this is what Hebrews 11 and 6 says. Now watch this. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, but pastor, I mean, I, what if I don't have any faith? No, you, you're not reading scripture right. To every man has been dealt the measure of faith. So everybody's got it. Everybody's got the capability of pleasing him. It's just on whether or not you're going to use what you got or bury it. When he comes back to the man that buried the talent, he takes that talent away from him and he says, you're talking about that you were afraid because you knew what kind of a man I was. Well, if you knew that I would want you to do something with it, you should have at least put it in the bank and gained interest on it. But instead, you buried it and you refused to use what I gave you. How many of you understand today that there are people around the world that would give everything they had if they'd been given the opportunity that you have right now sitting in that pew? That if we had the opportunity, listen, man, I've been in Russia, I've been in places where people lost their life embracing this faith. They had, they used what God had given them. And when you use it, you create a door of opportunity for God to reward you. Let's talk about the first measure of faith. Well, before I go to the first measure, let me look at that scripture. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must what? must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That word diligently in Hebrew means to search out. It means to crave. Say it with me, crave. Any of you ever have a craving? If you bring chocolate around my house, my wife begins to get a craving. Oreo cookies will not survive. So, well, what, what's going on? It's because she sees it and she wants it. And so she goes after it. She's got her hand in the bag and saying, help me. Help me, rescue me. crave. That craving is a strong desire. Would to God that we don't simply come to church, but that we crave an encounter with God. When we diligently seek him, when there's something in us that says, I've got to have him. He said, for he is a rewarder of those that diligently, not those that are half-hearted about it. Not that, well, praise God, I'm here. I've had a hard week. I hope pastor doesn't fall on his back this week. 
Can't believe I come to church, he's laying on the floor. Well, if you get knocked down, you've got to get up again. You just have to make up your mind that you're going to go after what God's promised you. So, faith has a condition. It's He rewards those who diligently seek him. The first measure of faith we find is in Matthew 8 and 2. It says, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Let's look at a couple of things in this passage. Let's look at this measure of faith. What's he do? What's the first active response? What's he do? He comes to him. What's he do after he gets there? He worships him. He didn't come with a list of complaints. He came and worshiped him. The word worship there means to lay yourself out flat. To to prostrate yourself reverently. He didn't even feel worthy to look. He just laid out. Then he looks up and he sees something in him. And he said, Lord, he said, if you will, you can make me clean. Look at this level of faith. This level of faith believes that God is. So there's not a question in his mind about Christ's ability. The question comes in his mind about his worthiness. If thou wilt, thou can. He believes he can. He's just not sure he will. Why? Because this type of faith has got eyes not only on God, but it has eyes on ourselves. Anybody ever been there before? Where you're believing God for something, but you're examining your heart and you're saying, I just don't know if he'll do it for me. I'm just not sure that he'll do it. Here's the good news. He exercised the faith that he had. And Jesus said, I will. (laughs) Jesus said, I will. Do you understand? He's, He's not looking at him going, how could you even question whether or not I would? How could you even? He just meets him where he's at and he says, I will. And the man is rewarded for the faith he exercised. Everybody say, he's healed. Now, the second measure of faith, or if you call it a level of faith, is found in a story about a woman that has an issue of blood. She's hemorrhaging. She's dying a slow death. She's destitute and in poverty. How do you know that? Because the scripture said that she spent everything she had on physicians. Now watch what happens here. She gets into the crowd and she's not trying to get Jesus to notice her. She said in herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. The the one man's faith is focused on God touching him. Her faith is focused on her 
touching God. She says, if I can, I don't care what else is happening around here. I don't care that there's a multitude of people. I don't care that Jesus doesn't know. I don't care that he hasn't spotted me and called out my sickness. I'm not looking for him to spot me and call me out. I'm just got my mind made up that I'm going to touch him. And when I touch him, I'm going to be made whole. Now watch what happens when she exercises her measure of faith. She touches him and the Bible said immediately her issue is healed and Jesus stopped and Jesus turns around and he said who touched me his disciples are thinking man are you kidding me look at all these people around you everybody's touching you there's a it's kind of like you know if you you ever see a concert you know when a rock star comes walking through come here a minute James hurry rock star comes walking through I'll be the rock star. No, okay. Rock star comes walking through, and what are people doing? What are people doing? You be the rock star because you don't know what to do. Are you ready? Here we go. Are you ready? So a rock star comes walking through, and what are people doing? They're, oh, 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 they're you know, ripping off garments. I mean, they're just, they're, just, they're just trying to get a hold of him. They, they just, oh, I got a piece of his hair, and he's going, oh. They're trying to grab and, 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 they're, and they're touching him, but they're not connecting with him. There's a difference between touching someone and connecting with someone. Now, you've got to get a hold of this because there's a faith that rises up in your heart that can connect with God at a level where nobody else even notices that it's happened, but he does. He stopped immediately, and he said, wait a minute, somebody has touched me. What's going on? Something just happened. There's a release that came out of Christ without him sending it. I want you to get a hold of that. Faith caused Christ to release something without him giving it the order to go. How's that possible? That's what faith can do. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But all things are possible to those that believe. There is an automatic transfer that takes place without anyone having to give thought to it or to release it. She touches him in faith. He stops and he said, who touched me? They said, what are you talking about? Who touched you? Everybody's touching. He said, no, 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 you don't get it. He said, somebody touched me in a special way because I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Do you know what that word virtue is? It's the same word that's used in the book of Acts when it says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It is the word dunamis. It means a miraculous power. And all of a sudden, Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to send you the comforter. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is Christ's spirit? They couldn't get it until he left, until he was crucified. When he's crucified, it's released that way. And now this woman got a release of it before he ever died because she exercised faith. 
Think of it this way. I see a power line. I grab that power line. Nobody at the electric company has to say, send the charge now. It's built in. It's there. I read, you told me, you heard me tell a story about reaching for a light bulb in my basement. That was our light switch. We didn't have it on the wall. We didn't even have a pull chain. We had a bulb we turned. I reached up to turn the bulb. Somebody took the bulb out of the socket. When I stuck my thumb in the socket, there was an immediate exchange between my faith and that socket. As a matter of fact, if you want to know the truth about it, I didn't exercise anything except reaching because I didn't know what I was getting a hold of. I've seen folks come to church and the power of God hit them and they didn't know what they got a hold of. I got my thumb in that socket and all of a sudden I went, I never prayed so hard that something would stop. And finally, I was pulled off of it. I fell back and fell off of it. Faith has that type of connection. That's a, that's a level of faith or a measure of faith that says this isn't about him touching me. This is about me touching him. So it moves the focus off of what he's doing for you, and it puts it on you reaching for him. Everybody say, you got to reach for it. Pretty powerful faith, huh? Let's look at the third measure of faith. It happens in Capernaum. There's a centurion there that's got a servant that he loves, and his servant's about to die. So he gets with the elders of the Jews, and he says, I want you to go and ask Jesus on my behalf if he would come and heal my servant. So these Jews, the elders of the Jews, now think about this. This is a Roman soldier, a Roman officer, and they immediately go to Jesus and ask him to do this for that soldier. Why? They said he's worthy. Listen to what they say about a foreigner, about a Roman. And you have to understand, you really don't get the significance of this unless you understand that Israel hated the Romans because of their occupation. Hated them. But here's a man that is an occupying force that is not a dominating force. And they said, he loves our nation. He loves our nation. You know what gets me is that people think that, well, you can't love me unless you're like me. So don't try and tell me that I can't love the homosexual unless I'm like him. Because love reaches past what a person's like to change them. Are you with me? 
Encouraging someone in a lifestyle that's going to destroy them is like throwing an anchor to a man that's drowning. You're not going to raise them up. You can still exercise love. Just think of it this way. How many of you have ever had a child that did something they weren't supposed to do? Did you pack them up? Get out of my house. I can't believe you're three years old and you stuck your hand in the commode. Yo, nasty thing, get out of here. Don't do that. You tell them, you take them and you wash them. And you say, now you know better than that. You're not supposed to be doing that. Didn't daddy tell you not to do that? Didn't mommy tell you not to do that? You don't want to do that. that that's bad. That'll hurt you. Don't, don't do that. So, well, pastor, you don't, oh, sure I understand. Because I'm telling you, we've all had our hands in the commode. Everybody, the Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you can try and pick pet sins if you want to, but the bottom line is we're all in the same boat and we all need the same Savior to rescue us. And so he says, he, he loves our nation. Now check this out. He said, he built us a synagogue. He paid for it. He built a synagogue for these Jews. And Jesus looked and he said, well, let's go. So they take off to this guy's house, and before they get to his house, all of a sudden a bunch of men come running up to him, and they stop him, and they say, Master, I, I, the, what, what, what is it? He, are one of you the centurion? No, 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 sir, no. He, he sent us to you and told us to tell you that you don't need to trouble yourself to come into my house. His house is in sight. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He saw him coming in a distance, and he sends these men, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house. And he said, I didn't even feel worthy to come out and greet you myself. It's not disrespect. It's honor. He's saying, I, I know I'm not worthy. I'm, I, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Roman soldier. And the fact that you showed up. And so this is what he says. He said, he asked us to tell you, just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. He said, because I understand how authority works. I have people over me, and I am over people. So when I tell someone to do something, he does it. I don't have to worry about it. What's he saying? I understand your authority. All you've got to do is speak the word. And do you know what Jesus did? The Bible said he marveled. He he was amazed. He looked at that man's faith and he said, I haven't found faith like this Amen. throughout all of Israel. This is a faith that doesn't need a physical connection. This is a faith that doesn't need God to reach out and touch you with a physical hand. This is a faith that doesn't need to wrap around his feet and touch him. This is a faith that understands authority and you say, just speak the word and it will be done. Speak what word? Speak the word. 
Just speak the word. Look at what it says in Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I don't know if that soldier knew that scripture. I do know that he embraced the God of Israel. And he understood who Jesus was better than the Jews around him. Because he said, all you need to do is just say in a word, just speak the word and my servant will be whole. Do you know what happened when they got back to that house? Now, it wasn't very far. But when they got back to the house, his servant was whole. How many of you have ever exercised speaking the word? Here's how this works. Dodie Osteen was pronounced, she, she had cancer and she was, they, they said you've got three months at the most and they sent her home to die. So she had been in contact with physicians. Now I'm sure everybody and their brother had laid hands on her and prayed for her. So she had been in contact with physical touch. And I'm sure that she had prayed. But it seemed like nothing had changed. So what Dodie did was Dodie went and she wrote down every scripture she could find in the Bible on healing. And she put it up all over her house. It was on her bath, or it was on her refrigerator in the kitchen on her bathroom mirror it was everywhere on the front doors on the back doors everywhere she went in that house she encountered that scripture and she would speak that word she would declare that I am healed by the straps that were laid on his back I'm healed that he sent his word and healed all my disease she read it over and over and over and that's been over 20 years ago and she's still living declaring his word I'm telling you there is a measure of faith that you stand up and say if he said it that settles it no matter what anybody else says let me say it to you this way. If I say he's God, it doesn't help him be God. If I say he's not God, it doesn't stop him from being God. He's God all by himself. And all I've got to do is stand and declare his word. And I looked at that, and I, I was almost done with this message. I looked at that, and I thought, man, three levels of faith. And then it dawned on me. There's a fourth level. There's a fourth measure of faith. And let me, I'm going to read to you the scripture that showed it to me. This is in Mark 11, 22 and 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now keep in mind that the disciples asked Jesus at one time, they say, increase our faith. So Jesus tells them, if you've got faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, or as a grain of mustard seed, that you can... Here he says, have faith in God. Now watch what transpires in faith. For assuredly, I say to you, 
Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He, this scripture came about because they, he was on his way into Jerusalem and there was a fig tree and he went by it and there was no fruit on that fig tree and he cursed it and he said, let no one, you know, for, in, in plain English, he said, nobody's ever going to eat fruit from you again and he curses it. The next day they walked by and that fig tree's dead. And Peter looked at it and he said, Lord, he said, look how, look how soon that fig tree died. And Jesus speaks this to him, have faith in God. Because I'm telling you that if you speak to a mountain and say, be thou removed, and you don't doubt in your heart that it will obey you, and whatsoever you ask in prayer, you'll have. And it dawned on me that this is a fourth measure of faith. The centurion exercised a measure that said, speak the word. This measure says, declare a word, and it'll happen. Declare, let me, let me explain it better to you. I can see that quizzical look in your eye. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And we are sure of this. I'm reading, I'm going to read this in the, the Living Bible. And we are sure of this, that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. And if we really know he's listening when we talk to him and make our request, then we can be sure that he will answer us. What's he saying? He's saying when you're asking for something that's in line with his will, he is going to answer you. Let me give you a for instance. So you've got kids that keep howling at the moon on Friday night, and you've been trying to trust God. You've been trying to believe God that God's going to touch them, and it doesn't look like anything's happened. You're believing that they'll touch God, and nothing's happening. And You've prayed the word over them, and you spoke the word, and it seems like nothing happened. But every once in a while, you've got to get like Popeye. You've got to get to a place where you stood all you can stands, and you can't stands no more. You reach for the spinach because you know know what God's will is concerning you through this word and then what you do is stand out and declare a word you're going to be saved in the name of Jesus you're not running any further God's going to isolate you in you're not going to escape his grip declare a word I remember a time in Jonathan's life where, man, things were, you know, he was struggling. And things were messed up. And all of a sudden, I felt something welling up in me. And I stepped out on, on that back porch into his room. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. From this day forward, uh, God's going. And I started declaring some stuff. And Jonathan's eyes got about that big. Uh, and later he said, once dad did that, uh, everything changed. Because there comes a place and a time where you have to declare. He said that he declares those things that are not as though they were. Now, I want you to stay with me here for a second. Because all of these were measures of faith. The leper exercised the measure of faith he had. And he was rewarded. The woman with the issue of blood exercised the measure of faith she had. And Jesus made the statement and said, 
Your faith has made you whole. She was exercising the measure she had. The centurion exercised the measure he had. He understood something about authority because of his background that nobody else understood. So he knew all you've got to do is say it and it's going to happen because I understand who you are. And then Jesus is trying to impart this fourth measure of faith into his disciples because he had exercised it himself. When he cursed that fig tree and it died, what are you saying? He's saying, if you'll believe and pray according to my will. How do I know it's his will? Well, the more you get to know him, the more you get to know his will. Now, I know that there are people that are, and I'm not knocking this, but this just isn't the way my faith works. I know there are people that are marching around Rolls Royces and declaring it. Well, it's, they call it the name it and claim it plan. My idea is, look, if a $20,000 car will get me to the same place that a $100,000 car will get me, doesn't it just make sense to use the other 80000 for the work of God? I'm not here to live a extravagant lifestyle. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe that God wants us blessed. I think, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Don't worry about getting a new house if you don't take care of the one you've got now. If you've, got, if you've got dishes stacked up in your sink that you haven't overcome yet, God is not going to bless you with a new dishwasher. If you've got, if you've got a, 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 a car that you never change the oil in and you don't keep up with the maintenance on that car, why would God give you a new one so you could tear that one up too? I'm just telling you that God rewards us according to our faith. Use it or lose it. My friend, that's what faith can do. I want you to stand with me right now. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want want everybody to gather to the front of this building today. We're going to do something a little different. And what I want you to do is you come to the front of this building. I'm not asking you to carry anybody else's faith. I want you to bring your measure. Wherever that's at. If your measure, I've, I've known folks that, that went from meeting to meeting to meeting to try and, and get someone to lay hands on them. And God honored that faith. That's where they were at. You heard me tell the story about the lady that was blind that came into a R.W. Shambach meeting and he laid hands on her and said and started to go on and she hollered no 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 get back here get back here well just take it by faith sister no I'm not taking it by faith. well what, what what's the deal and she said I'm not leaving here until you do what God told me you're supposed to do this was her measure of faith because she'd read in scripture or she'd had scripture read to her or she heard because faith cometh by hearing and hearing what the word of God and so she said, you're, you're going to spit in my eye. He said, no, I'm not. She said, I'm not going anywhere until you do it. Because she had heard 
how Jesus had spit in a blind man's eye and he was healed. Well, this lady was, I mean, bent on it. She wasn't moving. And he's thinking, man, I've got people I need to pray for. So he finally goes, spits in her eye, prays for and gets away from her as quick as he can. And he starts praying for other people, thinking, oh, God, man, this is going to show up in the paper tomorrow. Preacher spitting lady's eye at meeting. All of a sudden, he hears a scream. He turns around, and that lady's got her eyesight back, dancing all over the place. It was, can I tell you, that wasn't Shambok's faith. It was her measure of faith. And God honored it. God doesn't cast you aside when you struggle. He doesn't push you away when you feel like you're not worthy. Ask the leper. I know you can. Not sure if you will. I know if I could just touch him. If I, if I could just touch him. And I've been in those services where nobody was around me. Nobody laid a hand on me, but I laid my hand on God. And I felt that dunamis take place. I know what it is all of a sudden to get a hold of a scripture. And that scripture be like a freight train in my soul. And I start declaring that word back to God. This is what you promised. And one of, one of those scriptures was this. And when I was on the road, I exercised this a lot of times because I didn't call people to ask them if I could come and preach for them. I believed, I, and I, I said this to God over and over. I said, God, your word said that you, your gift will make room for itself. So I don't believe I'm supposed to call people, God, but I need somebody to call me. <laughs> I'm standing on this word. Your gift will make room for itself. And then someone would call. And he rewarded that measure of faith. And then there are times when it seems like the hounds of hell are nipping at your heels. And you've just finally had enough. And you come to understand who you are and what you're called for. And you shake off all that mess. And you stand up and you turn around and you say in the name of Jesus you get behind me Satan you're not going to touch my family you're not going to take my testimony you're not going to rob me of my finances you are declaring a thing and God is rewarding that faith so wherever you're at today wherever your measure is now hear me and listen closely If you don't exercise it, you're going to lose it. That's why people tend to fall out. Because they go to church, but they won't exercise faith. And if you don't use it, you lose it. You ever been in a recovery or, 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 you know, had an injury where you couldn't walk for a while? And then when you can finally walk, you're struggling? Why? Because your muscles are started to deteriorate. You haven't been using them, and so they're starting to break down on you. That's why I, that's why I make myself go to the gym, and it ain't because I want to get on that treadmill. It's not because I want to grab a hold of those dumbbells and, you know, start going up, and I'm like, oh, man, that hurts. 
It's because I know if I don't, I'm going to end up losing what I've got. And I need this body to serve God. Are you ready to stretch your hands up? Whatever your need is right now, I want you to stretch your hands up and exercise your faith. Come on. Do it right now. This is about you. This isn't about me touching you right now. Now look, if if that's where your faith is at, then you wave your hand and I'll come out there and touch you. But I want you to exercise your measure because when you exercise your measure, God rewards you no matter where that measure is. Would you do it right now? Say, sing this song. Do it right now. Father, we come to you. God, and we thank you, Lord for the measure of faith that's been dealt to every man. And we ask you right now, God, as we bring before you, Lord, our trial, our circumstance, our situation. Lord, whether it's health, healing, finance, recovery, we believe that you're releasing it right now in Jesus' name. God, we reach out to touch you. We touch one another and agree. Lord, we declare your word. And we declare a thing in Jesus' name, that it is so, that it shall happen, that if God be for us, who can be against us? I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Yes, God. Yes, God. So this is, this is, this is what I want you to do. We'll, we'll sing our way out of here today, but this is what I'm asking you to do. I want you to use it now. You've brought it to him. Now I want you to take it out there. So if it's a son or daughter that you're praying for, I'm not telling you to get up in their face. You may just need to lay down in their bed. What are you getting at? Wigglesworth stayed at this lady's house. Her husband wasn't saved. She gave her house up for several days while he was in a meeting meeting closed down and her husband still wasn't saved he started to leave the lady said brother Wigglesworth you can't go you can't go my husband's not saved yet he turned around and looked at her and said don't wash your sheets he laid on their bed every night praying for that man don't wash your sheets his first night back in his bed, he fell out in the floor and began to cry out, God, save me. Lord, save me. I'm going to hell. Save me. I'm telling you, there is a dunamis in God. There is a power in God that can overcome every demon and every, every enemy that you've got. But you've got to exercise it. You've got to stand up and say, here I am. God. There is none like you. Stretch you those hands there. So you're going to walk out of here and you're going to declare it. You get somebody's pillow. Jesus, you pray over somebody's car. You get your paycheck and lay hands on it and say, in the name of Jesus, you're coming in, you're coming in more. You're going to increase. But whatever you do, in the measure of faith that God has given you and he'll honor that measure and you know what's going to happen next week you're going to have more faith than you had this week you're going to have more than you ever had hang on hang on just a second hey come here just a second would you get you right here come here 
a second. Yeah, come on up here. Both of you. I, I, I just want, if you would, take hands with each other. Married you how long ago? Two, three, four years ago. Married them. His, I, this first time I'd ever met his family. I hope it's all right I share this. So his family now came and they said that they watch every week on live stream. Said we can't drive from St. Louis down here. They're watching every week on live stream. Do you know why that's happened? Because they heard something and it caused their faith to grow. Now, I'm just going to declare something over your family. There's, there, I don't know what exactly has gone on, but the, these, the, it's, I, I see like little fires on the perimeter trying to consume. God's getting ready to put the fire out. They're going to begin to experience peace like they've never known. And God is going to infiltrate their lives in a very special way. Are you ready for that to happen? Do you believe that can happen right now? Then raise your hands to heaven with me. Now we're going to exercise a couple things here today. We're exercising a few measures of faith. So we're going to touch and agree. I've declared a thing, and I'm standing on his word that he will bring them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, I give you praise for it. Come on, church, give a hand clap of praise in this house. what I want you to do if, if, if you're saying pastor I just need somebody to touch and agree with me now I want you to stretch your hand up if, if, if that's where you're at just stretch your hand up don't be embarrassed about this or ashamed of this sometimes we need that we we need someone to stand and agree with us and Jesus understood that that's why he said if two or three would agree touching any one thing that it would be done now what God's getting ready to do for you look at me just a second what God's getting ready to do for you is move your compassion to faith because you understand that's not the same thing you can love somebody but you'd be worried to death for them and then you can love somebody and stand in the gap for them and say so you've been you've been wrestling with this stuff and God's saying now I want you just to stand in the gap are you ready to do that stretch your, stretch your hands to heaven with me right now I'm mm, in Jesus name come on praise him you praise him right now as a matter of fact let me let me let me show you how this works can I do it real quick I want you to Get somebody by the hand right now and, and just, just pick somebody out and say, I want you to touch and agree with me. Just, just pick somebody out right now and say, I want you to touch and agree with me. Here's, here's something that we have to understand because we get, we get tripped up on this. We get emotional about something and we're very compassionate about someone and we start praying and we think we're praying in faith and we're not. We're praying in worry. And worry is sin. The scripture said that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. God is not going to honor your worry. So you have to bring that measure to faith into play or you're going to lose what you got. 
So what you have to do is let go of your worry and say, God, I choose to believe your word. I choose to believe what you said. I, I choose to believe that you reach out and touch him. How many of you have ever prayed before and you felt God? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever prayed. Do you understand what that was? That was you going after God and grabbing him and touching him. Now, I've been in places before where I was completely oblivious to anything around. I fell asleep in a truck and was getting ready to hit a utility pole and God touched me. I heard him holler my name, woke me up. Man, I looked in the, beside me to see who crawl, crawled in the truck with me. It didn't have anything to do with my faith. It was all about him. Today, as you take hands with each other, we're getting ready to break a stronghold off of our families. Everybody say it with me, no more worry. We've had too much worry going through. No more worry. Say it again, no more worry. Matter of fact, just look at him and say, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. God's got this. God's going to take care of this. It's in his hands, and his hands are big hands. His hands are able hands. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Come on. Father, we thank you today that you deliver us from worry. God, we will not stand in the gap with worry. We stand in the gap in faith today, believing that they're coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. This year, you're bringing our families here. This year, you're giving us back what the locusts and the caterpillar tried to steal. This year, you're blessing our finances. This year, you're touching my body so I can walk in wholeness and in health the way you wanted me to. In Jesus' name, I declare it for my family that they're whole. I declare it for my spouse that they're whole. I declare it for our church that we are whole in Jesus' name. Now give my hand clap of praise in this house. Sickness bow their knee. There is none like you. You are worthy. Seated in the highest place. Name above all other names. Jesus, you alone. You are worthy. You hold all authority. Sin and sickness bow their knee. There is none like you. that you're the head and not the tail that you're above and not beneath that you my friend are a child of God you are the apple of his eye and he goes before you and gives you the land that he's promised you everybody shout amen don't forget tonight six o'clock encounter Ray Highfield's going to be speaking for us you don't want to miss that here tonight at six o'clock I'm expecting a miracle.